Hey, Chili's. I hope you're having an amazing week. We have a really awesome episode for you today. So excited to have this guest. His name is Timothy Renner. He's the host of the Strange Familiars podcast. He's the author of many books. You can catch all of those on Amazon. And uh, he was just such a super cool and interesting guy. Uh, I think you're really going to enjoy his stories because I had so much fun talking with him. So I hope you enjoy. Real chills with Meg Getz. Real scary, real silly, real stories. Hey everybody, welcome to Real Chills. I am so excited for our guest today. We have Tim Renner. He is the creator of Strange Familiars, which is a podcast concerning the paranormal, weird history, folklore, and the occult. He is the author and illustrator of multiple paranormal books, including Don't Look Behind You and, most recently, Bigfoot, West Coast Wild Man, a history of wild men, gorillas, and other hairy monsters in California, Oregon, and Washington State. Tim, how are you? I'm doing very well. (laughs) good i have to awkwardly correct you and say that is not my most recent book though darn it i was trying to be like so good yeah this is why i'm not a journalist what's your most recent book my most recent book is called the witch cloud it's about haunted bridges in gettysburg oh cool i didn't see that on your amazon tim so you might need to check with them (laughs) oh it's on my it's on my author page for sure darn it okay I'll definitely check it out. I love that you do both. I love that you have ghost books and then also Bigfoot books. Well, I mean, as we we may get into as we talk, I have trouble separating these things. Right, uh, right. Ghosts, UFOs, Bigfoot, mm, really feels like it's all coming from the same place to me. Yeah, yeah, I love that. Um, so the way we start with all of our guests is we ask them the same question, which is, where do you stand on the paranormal? Are you more of a skeptic or a true believer? I, I I guess a full on true believer. I mean, uh, you know, it, I love it. I love it. It's it's my job, literally pays yeah. my bills, and uh, I can't get enough of it. I'm you know day and night. So yeah, I'm I'm a true believer. That said, you know, maybe with a twist. You know, like I okay, like I'm not a guy who thinks Bigfoot's a monkey. Yet I believe Bigfoot you know wholeheartedly and people say well it's not a monkey it's a hominid that's just my shorthand joke (laughs) i don't think it's a creature that we can put in a cage and yet and yet i'm a full-blown believer in something being out there uh ghosts i'm not sure they're the spirits of dead people all the time maybe uh maybe not even most of the time there's something else but you know i certainly believe people are having experiences with them and aliens i don't think they're little scientists from another planet oh there but i do believe people are seeing them and, and having experiences with them wow so. what do you think aliens are are you going to get into it should i wait because <laughs> um, the other I, ones i feel like i can guess what you think they are but i what would aliens be if not i mean i'm little... fairly agnostic on it i just don't i just just the extraterrestrial hypothesis is a little i don't know simple i think um okay the, the way what comes along with with these alien encounters is a lot of very strange things like if they were just scientists from another planet you wouldn't get these people also having like weird encounters with owls and uh you know some people are seeing like six foot tall plaid bunny rabbits in their yard and stuff like why would scientists from another planet cause all this other weird stuff or poltergeist activity which people get very often with with all this stuff you know, so just like, I just don't think they're, they're scientists from another planet. Something weirder. Something weirder. Whoa, that reminds me of, we had, do you know who David Race is? He's like a big, big foot guy. He, we had him on the podcast and he thinks that aliens could be us from like way in the future, like evolved. Yeah. I mean, that's, you know, I've, I've kind of heard that theory. It's, it's neat. It's, you know, it's, you, you, you'll hear me kind yeah. of dodge around this stuff. It's, it's it's like when people say, "Well, Bigfoot, you know, if he can disappear, it must be from another dimension." I mean, that's a cool idea, but I yeah. don't know. I don't. I don't know what they're doing. You know, I do I, feel I, like you're a little cagey about all of this paranormal stuff. Um, I I mean, I just people are proven wrong again and again, and people right. with with hard theories, and I I will say. 
you know, most of the time I'll use Bigfoot as an example, because that's where I spend most of my time as regards to stuff. So I often say like anybody who tells you like hundred percent, you know, Bigfoot is an undiscovered hominid and this is what he eats and this is what he sleeps. And there's, you know, they need to prove it. They, they need to right. bring their evidence. You can't just say that stuff. So I realize if I say that to other people and I start making these claims, I'm going to have to bring my evidence as well. And, you know, right. it's wanting. So you know, <laughs> sure. there's, there's theories for sure. <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, do you want to get into some of your stories? Sure. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. Uh, I don't have any. Good night. <laughs> <laughs> that is the quickest episode of Real Chills we've ever done. Yes. <laughs> Oh boy. I, you know, the, the alien stuff is, uh, you know, honestly, probably my earliest experience with, with something strange. And it's really funny because it, it makes me uncomfortable. So I don't mm -hmm. actually talk about it as much as, or, I mean, I talk about it plenty. I've talked about it on my podcast and other podcasts plenty, but it's not something I revisit with the same kind of fervor that maybe I should considering it was like, the first thing that, that happened to me, as far as I can tell, uh, I was about, my guess is about eight years old. And my mom woke me up. I was actually sleeping. I grew up on a farm in Northern Maryland, a very rural area. And my mom woke me up and she said, do, do you want to see a UFO? <laughs> yeah. I mean, you know, what, what, what eight-year-old kid's going to say no to that? And I remember we went outside in the driveway and we were looking at this, you know, UFO, this very typical disc shaped UFO with lights that seem to be uh, flashing on and off around the middle part of it. In my memory, it seemed like the lights were going around it, but it could have just been that they were flashing on and off and it hovered above the, the trees on the horizon for, for a long time. And I remember I was the youngest of six kids and my sister and one of my other brothers was there with my mom. We were all watching it for a while. And then everybody else got bored, I guess. So we're going inside. And it sounds a little weird, like to yeah. leave an eight-year-old outside, but it wasn't actually that uncommon. I, I had a very protective dog um, that was with me all the time. And I kind of had run of the farm day and night. I had this un unspoken agreement with my parents. If I got good grades, they just wouldn't hassle me about bedtimes and, <laughs> and stuff like that. So I, I really wasn't that unusual for me to be out at night on, on the farm, even at a young age. But what is unusual is that I don't remember going inside then. The, ne the next memory I have as clear as a memory of this UFO is as clear as, you know, my mom waking me up and standing there with my siblings and stuff. The next memory I have is looking at the UFO again from inside the house through a, a window. So I don't know if that's missing time, Whoa. but I, you know, that's, that's how that sequence of memory goes for me. <laughs> so your mom woke you up to see an alien? To see a UFO. Yeah. <laughs> I feel like that's the, like, you know, like in ghost movies and things like that. I feel like our parents are always like, don't look. But your mom's like, you're eight. I think you're old enough to see what a UFO looks like. I guess. Life. I mean, it was such a, a, a novel thing and it seemed pretty, you know, harmless. It was just Has hovering there. Has she seen a lot of aliens? I'd be you freaking know, out. My, my mom, by the time I was writing books and doing the podcast and stuff, my mom had MS and she was kind of, oh, no. she's in a nursing home and stuff. And she's like, just, it just wasn't there anymore mentally. And I could never ask her. And, and I would have loved to, because I feel like there was something else there. Yeah. She, I was totally. raised Catholic. She was, you know, very, very, very Catholic mom and, and very, and I was always into like dark stuff. It's like skulls and, you know, drawing, <laughs> sure. drawing stuff yeah, like that. Of course. And, and on one hand that troubled her. On the other hand, she bought every Stephen King book. Like she had first editions of every single one. She loved Stephen wow. King. She loved and I remember going like, mom, what do you, what do you have on me? You, you read nothing but Stephen King, but uh, you know, it was <laughs> a different time, I guess. And, and uh, <laughs> I outwardly manifested it with, you know, 
punk rock and skulls all over everything, you know, totally. and I think, I think it was more acceptable for her. She could hide the Stephen King books on the bookshelves. <laughs> no one at church would know, but yeah. So I, I never got a chance to ask her. I never did. Uh, if she, you know, saw anything, cause I, my dad wouldn't have, he, he would have just been closed off to that. Sure. Yeah. But my mom quite possibly, you know, and, I wish I, I would have gotten a chance to ask her, but I did Darn. not. Yeah, I feel like, I, you know, I it's hard to tell what you would do in a situation. Like, I, I'm pretty sure I wouldn't wake my kids, even if it, especially because I feel like then we'd all be up and it's like, now what? <laughs> you know, <laughs> but um, I, I always think I know what I would do in a situation, but maybe I wouldn't freak out, you know, like, what good does that do in the in these situations? Like you kind of almost want to have like a clear head so you can like observe what the heck is going on. It seemed very innocent. Like other than that missing time, it just seemed very innocent. Like, wow, look at that. Isn't that neat? You know, will we ever get to see something like that again? And then, like I said, then there's that segment of, I just don't know how I got back inside the house. So did something happen there or not? I do not know, but that's, that's my sequence of memories. Later on in life, I was, I was writing down, at some point I was trying to write down like, you know, okay, here, here's my list of weird experiences kind of thing. And I was thinking back and I was obsessed with, with witches. And this is partly oh. because in our neighborhood, in this little rural neighborhood, I grew up on a road, it was called Dark Hollow Road. So appropriately. Whoa, that is so goth. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you were meant to be goth. Anyway, sorry. About, uh, I don't know, maybe a third of a mile quarter of a mile from our house was alongside the road as the as the road it went kind of went down a hill from my house and it got in this really really dark section of woods and in that section of woods was a tree that would creak it's just an old dead tree and every time you you'd ride by it on your bike as a kid it would creak and and i never thought anything of it until one day one of the older kids in the neighborhood was like you know, you know what that is i was like what that's the witch tree i was like what and he's like, yeah, there was a witch was hanged from that tree and her soul, you know, is now inside that tree. And when you oh. hear that sound of that tree creaking, that's her like chanting her spells. Changed my world. I mean, that's as a kid, so cool. Yeah. As a kid, I was just like, what? And became obsessed with this. I would listen. I would, you know, at night with my windows open, I would try to listen to see if I could hear the witch tree, you know, the witch chanting, you know, too far. It was too far away, but it didn't keep me from trying. And every Halloween I would you know, like try to get up the nerves to, to like go up and touch it or something. I never did. Never, ever did. Never. You never got up there. No, not, not as a little kid. Uh, years later, I was uh, driving to, to the farm one time. I was no longer living there. And I was driving by that section and I noticed that that tree had fallen out into <gasps> the road. No. And uh, I was like, wow. And I went down there and I, I got a piece of the way it had broken apart. And the, the, there's a certain kind of um, mold or a fungus rather that, that causes wood to turn this like really pretty blue green. Mm -hmm. And all the wood in that was like this blue green wood. And I picked up a piece I, I later would find that it's called uh, green stain fungus, they call it, and they, they use it for inlay, or they did in uh, like Renaissance, because you can find like really beautiful inlay using green stain wood. And I started collecting it when I find it uh, a big enough piece, and, and like I'll make carvings and stuff from it when I find it uh, from other places, but I still have the piece untouched, you know, from, from the witch tree. But so I grabbed that and I walked back up to the house and... Uh, my brother said it was really, really interesting. I said, Hey, you know, that the witch tree fell. He's like, and he barely remembered it because it wasn't that big a deal to him. <laughs> sure. And he's like, Oh, yeah, you used to be scared of that thing when you were a kid. I was like, Yeah, yeah. And uh, he's like, Just completely randomly, you know, he says, uh, You know, Mike died over the weekend. And Mike would have been the neighborhood kid who told me the story about the witch tree. Aww. But he, he died. He would have died probably the same night the tree fell, which I thought was really, really interesting. I do not know whether this kid, Mike, made up that story or if it was folklore, sure. folklore that was handed down to him from someplace. But whatever it was, it completely like kind of changed my world. And 
I became very interested in what I would later learn is called folklore as a kid. I just thought they were cool stories. you know. Totally. Yeah. Because of that. Um, I think that was probably the start of it. I wanted to, you know, every time I heard a ghost story, I wanted to, you know, go to where it was. It was like a local ghost story. If this, this house was haunted or there was a ghost scene on this road, I always wanted to go to those places. Didn't know that, you know, this would be my employment later. In life. Yeah. It, was just some, it just seemed like fun stuff to do. So what was it about those places? Was it the energy or just the history? Or were you like being a detective looking around trying I, to prove I it think, right? I think I just, you know, I just love the idea of, I guess, I guess monsters when it comes down to it. And the idea that, that, you know, monsters could be real, you know, and, and these ghosts could be real. It was one thing to hear a ghost story or to watch Scooby-Doo, but then when people in real life are telling you, no, I saw a ghost, it was, it was thrilling to me. It's absolutely thrilling. But uh, the, the witch obsession, the, the reason I brought that up as, as regards the, the alien stuff, I had uh, what I always thought was a recurring dream that now that I look back, I wonder if there wasn't something else going on. It's happened several times. I can't tell you if it was 10 times, five times, you know, somewhere in that range. Probably it wasn't hundreds of times. It was, you know, maybe maybe tens of times at the most, uh, probably less than that, but enough where I remember it as a recurring dream. And it would have been through the ages of like, I don't know, probably age six through age 10, something like that. And I would wake up early and my parents were both like early risers. And I knew when they were awake, I could hear them in the farmhouse. My dad would have a newspaper. My mom would be making, my mom did the whole, you know, traditional breakfast thing where she nice. make <laughs> eggs and bacon or sausage or whatever. Uh, most days, the so school days, maybe cereal, but, <laughs> but sure. uh, and, and, you know, weekends and stuff, she'd, she'd do the whole breakfast thing and all that. So I would, I would hear people awake, you know, if, if they were awake and, and there was nobody awake. And I remember hearing voices and I couldn't understand the language. I couldn't make out the language. And I remember being terrified absolutely terrified and thinking they can't know I'm awake. And the voices seemed like they were coming from the room below my bedroom. And in my childhood mind, partially maybe because of the witch tree and partially because there was a series of books that uh, I, I still have them today. They were an encyclopedia called man, myth and magic Ooh. that uh, was from the seventies that just had all of the, any, you know, anything like anything weird, occult, anything is in it. And there was a very small library near us and I would go every week and take out a different edition of man, myth and magic. <laughs> and there's That's probably awesome. no, no way I should have been reading them at that age. They're kind of yeah. like a little more adult than, than that. But uh, my mom, as far as books went, my mom, you know, there was no banned books. My as mom, long as you were reading. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> awesome. Like, yeah, information was was fine. So in any case, it might have been the influence of those books, but I, I decided those those voices were coming from three witches. Now, I, today, I can't tell you if I heard three distinct voices or there was definitely more than one or if mm -hmm. I just decided there were three. I don't know. And that they were having a Sabbath in the room below me. And I, I but I had I was very terrified. Like I, I couldn't you know, I, I knew I couldn't speak or anything. And I'd stay there listening to them fall back asleep, wake up again, they, they'd still be there. And then eventually I'd, you know, hear somebody downstairs that was, you know, my parents or something. And I, if it was safe to get up, that seems pretty innocuous. But when you take that with the kind of later, you know, quote unquote abduction stuff that I had, it seems a little more like, Hmm, I wonder if there was something with that because unknown voices are a thing like a, the unknown language with, Oh, again, across the paranormal, Bigfoot, uh, right. poltergeist, aliens, you name it. And then uh, this feeling of like almost paralyzed fear and, and just being awake and knowing that, that, that they're there and, and uh, not wanting to be discovered. That's what I, so you didn't, you hid under the covers whenever this would happen. You just didn't. Yeah. Around. Yeah. I didn't go looking for it or anything i, I knew <laughs> sure. i was terrified i knew as a kid like they can't know i'm awake you know they wow. can't they can't know i hear them so again you know for years i thought this is just a just a bad recurring dream but later 
in college when I started to get the the more distinct, you know, quote unquote abduction stuff. And I'm very careful when I say abduction. I use it as a shorthand term. I don't think I ever left my bed. Um, I don't, you know, I don't think I was abducted. I think uh, whatever happens happens in some kind of weird state. That's it's not dream. It's something even more. It's like more intense even than being awake. Uh, but I can't explain it. They they come and go as they please, and and they do what they want, and they don't obey the laws of physics. So right. it's, it's really a, sorry. Go, go ahead. I was gonna say this is a weird thing to say to you, and I feel like sometimes I scare the guests on my podcast with the things that I think might have happened. But do you ever think that the night where your mom took the kids out, you included? there was more to it. Like maybe she was influenced. Like this is all assumption. There's no science to back this up. Right. Right. Um, but do you think maybe she brought you out maybe under the influence? Like maybe you were chosen that night out of your siblings. It's, it's crossed my mind. It's crossed yeah. my mind. Like, cause it feels, it feels unnatural. Like, I, I mean, I grew up in the woods. It's not farm. Like, but we had the same thing. We stayed out late. We played manhunt and stuff. But like to like wake your kids up, I don't, yeah. you know, like UFO is so cool. I don't know. This yeah, is me it, just it, assuming. It feel, yeah, there's I, part of me is like, yeah, I wonder if there was something, you know, if the cards were stacked in a certain way. It feels like they picked you. Yeah, they saw you. And then you had that time slip. Yeah. And ever since. Yeah. So in college, I was living in the basement of my girlfriend's mother's house during college and their, their whole family lived upstairs. And I started hearing sounds outside at night. And I thought there were people walking around the house. Now this is a, a suburb of Baltimore. This is not like a rural area at this point. So I thought, well, there could be people, you know, out and about, um, so I, I mentioned something to to the people upstairs, like, hey, I think there's people kind of walking around the house at night, you know, just in a way like, you know, make sure you lock your cars kind of thing. Like, you know, because I, I kept hearing them. And then I woke up one night and I was sure something or someone was in the room with me. I was 100% sure. And I couldn't see them as, you know, it's a dark room. And I was just like, Oh, I was terrified. And I thought, well, whatever's happening, these, these people walking around the house outside that, that can hear them talking again, I never could pick out a word they were saying. It was just sort of like, you know, mumbling voices and movement outside. I thought, well, they're, they're walking around outside. They're talking, they're getting into my dreams. They're messing, you know, that's oh. messing with me. So I moved my bed to an interior room, no windows. Smart. Mm -hmm. Well, maybe no. <laughs> <laughs> uh, thinking I would I would get away from that, mm -hmm. and same thing happened a few more times, and you know whatever you just just end up dealing with stuff. It's like you got to sleep at some point. But one night I woke up, and beside my bed were these three short guys uh, dressed as surgeons. And no, Tim. <laughs> <laughs> okay, sorry. No, it's they, they, but uh, if you know, like, like, I don't know if you watch any historical dramas or something, but like the way surgeons dressed in the 20s, they, they kind of have almost like a chef shirt where they're like buttoned down the side. Yes, I know and, what you're talking about. And like a cloth mask and stuff. It was very like kind of old timey surgeon looking. And they were doing something to me. So I was, I was, Turned on my, no, I didn't get probed. <laughs> <laughs> okay. to, to my knowledge. Ooh, all right. <laughs> <laughs> that, that was uh, the, the problem with telling this, you know, story anytime uh, in the nineties. Yeah. Right. Did you get probed? <laughs> no. I mean, not to my knowledge. Who knows? Were people disappointed. We're like, oh man. All right, well. <laughs> I think so. <laughs> uh, or maybe I'm in denial. I don't know. <laughs> but uh, whatever happened, I swear I didn't like it. But no, I was, I was kind of halfway on my side, turned away from them, but where I, with my head turned where I could see them there. 
and they were doing something to me. And I was very angry. Like, like, I don't know if I've ever been angrier in my life. And I remember protesting. I couldn't speak, but I remember like basically screaming in my head. And I don't know if this is exactly what I said because other people have said this in their accounts. And I don't know if I sort of, uh, sort of adopted this into my memory of the, the event, but I said something along the lines of like, you, you don't have the right to do this or you, you can't do this or something like this. And people have talked about mind speak and I didn't experience that. I didn't hear any voice in my head or anything, but what I got was like a, like a mental brush off. Like they were completely unconcerned with whatever protest I was making. Oh no. It was just like, like just, I was nothing to them, you know, Ugh. which only made me angrier. Right. And I remember like waking up several times, they were still there and just falling back asleep. Now this is something I hear about again and again and again, when I talk to people on strange familiars and it's one of the most bizarre things. You know, people wake up in a tent, look out the tent window, Bigfoot's looking in at them, and they just go back to sleep. Right. Uh, yeah. People will look out their window, see a UFO land in their backyard. The aliens are coming towards their house. They just go back to sleep. You know, this is in no way should this happen. In none of this, you, you should be so full of adrenaline at this right. point that th there's no way you could sleep. So it really bugged me. And it bugged me for years until I heard other people describe the same thing when they had these, these events where they just went back to sleep when these incredible, you know, scary things are happening, really disturbed me. Like, why did I go? Why was I falling back to sleep to the point where I was like, Oh, they, they must have had anesthesia and they kept putting right. me out. Right. But you know, there was nothing on my, my mouth or my, my face or anything. Uh, but uh, this goes on. I don't know how many times I woke up and they were still there, but eventually I woke up and I, I screamed at the top of my lungs and threw a punch in that direction. There was nothing there, of course. And, and now it was daylight. It was morning. Ugh. And I'm looking around and go, whoa, that was that was a crazy bad dream. Uh, you know, what was that about? And very sheepishly, you know, went upstairs to the family that lived upstairs. There were five or six people that lived up there. Mm -hmm. This wasn't like a big stone farmhouse or anything. This is a, you know, kind of new construction. There's no way they shouldn't have heard me. I scream. I have a loud voice when I need to be. And I, you know, sheepishly went up to apologize. Like, Oh my gosh, I'm so sorry. You know, right. I must've woken everybody up. I'm, I'm very sorry. Not a one of them heard me. What? Nobody heard me. Yeah. So I was just like, what, how could you have not? I was like, I screamed at the top of my lungs. I'm like, Nope, we didn't hear a thing. I'm like, what is going on? Like what, what is happening with this? Followed it away as a bad dream. Started going to, uh, started seeing rather, I, I didn't just, <laughs> I, I turned 18 and started going to bookstores. Right. Yeah. Started seeing in bookstores the book Communion by Whitley Strieber. And on the cover of that, at least back in you know, the, late, the late 80s or early 90s, whenever this was, there was a depiction of a you know, kind of typical gray alien. And every time I saw it, I didn't even know what the book was about. I look at that and I was completely repulsed. And I was like, oh. nah, I don't, whatever that is, uh -uh, don't like it. Whatever that thing is, I don't like it. Months, some months go by. And one of these evening news shows, it was either, it was like 20, 20, what was it called? 2020 or 48 hours. One of those like, you know, number shows, <laughs> network TV evening news shows that Got they it. used to have on. <laughs> they were doing a, a, a show and they were talking about like, alien abductions. I was like, what? This sounds interesting. I'm going to watch this. Sounds cool. Right. And I'm watching it. And I still don't remember if this, if they had a reenactment where they showed gray aliens or if people drew pictures of them, uh, you know, and talking about their encounters, I don't know which it was, but whatever it was, whenever they showed these gray aliens and, and as they were talking about them, I immediately knew that those weren't little doctors next to my bed. It's like the, the doctor's outfits fell off of them. It, like I, I they, call uh. this a, they call this a screen memory in the, uh, in the UFO world. And I truly believe that's what it was uh, because it was like, literally I was like, Oh no, that's what they were. That's what it was. 
And that's ever since then, that's, you know, that's, I'm very clear that, that that's what it was. Hey, I'm Danny. I'm John. We host Blanket and Covers, the show where we cover the covers. Have you ever thought about trying to find every single version of Angel of the Morning or Careless Whispers? That's an us thing, I think. Yeah. <laughs> if that's something that you think you would be into, I think you should definitely check out our show. We think that by listening to every version of a song that has ever been done can like gain something new. Yeah. Each week we do a, a deep dive through a band's catalog or one specific song. Season one is out there now. You can find it wherever you get your podcasts. It's so not it's unsettling, I guess, is the word I'm looking for, that you are in a different place. Because I think at first I thought all of these experiences like with aliens were at your farmhouse, which to me makes sense, you know, but to know that um, no offense to your farmhouse, but (laughs) they can they have a, you know. It can be considered creepy sometimes. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Oh, yeah. That was, that was, it could be a creepy place for sure. <laughs> yeah. But to be in Baltimore and see aliens, like, yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I feel like, yeah. You should be safe from aliens in these <laughs> cities, <laughs> is my feeling. But I'm, you know, I could well, be wrong. So, you know, that was that. And, and I was like, I became interested in that point. And then I started reading a little bit about it, but at the same time, you kind of dipping my toes in, but also like, I hate these things and I don't want to know that much about it. Right. But, you know, finished college, uh, moved back to the farm for a time. And while I was there, I started putting a sound activated cassette recorder under my bed at night. I thought, I want to, I want to hear what's going on. I did that for about a week and I played it back. And all I heard was a succession of like beeps and bloops. If you imagine like an old, like Atari, like an eight bit Atari kind of console, like those kind of beeps, electronic beeps and bloops. And then me just saying no a lot. Mm, don't like that when i heard that i took that cassette out and i i would pay good money for that tape today but at the time i just wasn't ready for it didn't i didn't want i took that cassette out i i think i even probably pulled the tape out of the cassette and just threw it in the trash wow nope i am not dealing with this (laughs) nope so funny. And I would, You're like, I'm not ready. <laughs> I would pay so much money for that tape now for the podcast. Oh my oh, gosh. Man. I, would, I would love to have that, but uh no, it did I was not, I didn't want it. I didn't want anything to do with it. So do you still record when you sleep ever? No. They have those apps now. You can I get know. like snores and aliens. Yeah, I know. It would be mostly snores. <laughs> and my wife hitting me. Yeah. <laughs> oh man. <laughs> But uh, yeah, now after that, I had a couple of of other experiences. Um, it's weird because they they kind of blend into the like like one was like a like a fever dream um, mm-hmm. kind of thing where I mean literally like I had a, like a horrible fever. I'd gotten dehydrated, and the the meds I was on at the time, the MS meds, it's just you don't want to get dehydrated on those. And it literally put me on my back. I, I could barely move. And I remember no one else was, was home. At this point, I, I'd moved to Pennsylvania and was living in my first house. And no one else was home. And I thought I could hear him in the other room. And I was terrified, absolutely terrified. I'm like, because I couldn't move. Like, I couldn't move because right. I was sick, not because I was you know paralyzed or mm-hmm. had sleep paralysis or anything. I was just like that weak. And I was just like, no, I don't want to deal with this right now. I don't want to deal with this. And uh, I mean, super bizarre. I, and again, this, you know, chalk this up to a fever dream. Maybe I saw this like white bird appear. It looked like, mm-hmm. some, like a giant, like a blue jay maybe, but, but 
pure white, like an albino blue jay or something, but bigger, you know, like crow sized. Wow. Uh, just, I just saw it. It's just like standing on this uh, side table thing that we had and looking in the direction of the sounds I was hearing. It was like looking intently in that, in this, that other room where these, those sounds were coming from. I don't like this. Yeah. And it was so weird because I was like, somehow I was like, okay, as long as that bird's there, I'm okay. As long as that bird's there, I'm okay. It was really weird. Whoa. And you know, that one could absolutely be, you know, chalk that up to a fever dream, but it was really weird, really, really scary until that, that bird was there. I don't know what that was. That's so cool. I have like, even if it's just thinking about us mentally, like our brains, right? Like, mm-hmm. even if you were just panicking, your brain invented a protector for you, which is so cool. If Even if it's not, but I like to think it's paranormal. I like to think maybe something was looking out for you. Like, maybe you have something good attached to you, which I, would be really cool. Maybe, maybe. Right? I mean... The, I mean, to continue with the, the Sorry, grace, no, no. I mean, I just like, I, I, uh, that was a very super meaningful experience for me. I, I wrote a whole album about that and, and another, uh, thing that happened when I was on Salvia, which, uh, you know, I don't know if you want to sure. count that or not, but, <laughs> yeah. Uh, but yeah, I have an album called the shepherd is in the bone white bird. And that was, that was the bone white bird part of that equation. But, wow. uh, you know, so super meaningful. I mean, I guess real or not dream or not. I don't, it, I don't care. Cause it was super meaningful, you know? And again, I certainly felt like I was awake. I did yeah. not feel like I was dreaming. Uh, another time I'm kind of going as chronologically as, as I can with these mm. uh, same house. I was in a desert now, you know, maybe, maybe I was abducted this time. I don't know. I don't think so. I think this happens in some kind of out of body experience type thing. I think all of these things do with, with these quote unquote aliens. I think they're, they're weird out of body experiences that, that are happening while, while you're awake or in between, you know, awake and asleep or something. They're, they're more real than dreams, but uh, they're more real than waking life. Honestly, I, I feel like, but they're, they're not the same thing. It's not, the, you know, it's not the same thing as waking life. I don't, it's so hard to explain. I know it, mm. anyone listening who has an experience, it's going, Oh, you, you're, you're dreaming. You know? <laughs> yeah. And I can only say, I really don't think I was, but mm. in any case, I was suddenly on my back in a desert. I could not move. I was laying on the sand in a desert, uh, looking up at the, the blue sky. I could see a little bit of the landscape around me. And I see these two people lean in over top of me. These, these two heads kind of come into my, my frame of vision. And they're both wearing World War I type, uh, you know, fighter helmets, like for, for uh, the old uh, biplanes, like, you know, Snoopy and the Red Baron, those, right. those, those kind <laughs> of helmets with the goggles down. And I'm looking at them and I'm like, this is stupid. Why are you wearing stupid goggles, right? <laughs> like, I'm just like thinking this. And as I'm looking, I'm going, oh, that's not goggles. That's their eyes. And then it immediately immediately turned into these grays looking down on me. And then they said in unison, both their voices, they said in unison, I don't know if their mouths moved or not, but I, you know, it was two voices in unison. They said, we are the ones who take you. And then next thing I know is I'm sitting up in bed and and I'm in my bed. Very, very strange. Ooh. Yeah. Yeah. And, that is uh, so scary. Yeah. Yeah. As I don't like those things. Like I'm I'm willing to mess with any of this stuff. I but. was gonna mention it's so interesting that you're willing to like search for answers like with Bigfoot and things like that. But I can tell like viscerally, it feels like you're you mentioned it's not just fear, like you say like you're repulsed. Mm-hmm. It's yeah. very interesting. Like the natural reaction that you're having is like, just like, it's so intense. Yeah. And so here's the other thing. And, and, and this, you know, abduction people have found this to be true across the board. And I don't, so it's going to sound like I'm, I'm getting, you know, kind of super religious here and I'm hopefully I'll come around and, and you'll understand that I'm actually not. You can pray them away and 
people have said this and I didn't believe it myself. I'm like, what? You know, uh, being Catholic, I just tried it. Uh, I, another time I, I felt the, the sort of perilous, per, paralysis coming on. And I just, I'm going to say the Hail Mary. Like, and I was, I said it and they just disappeared. Uh, I've stopped it several times with that. But if you do the research, you'll find that Jewish people uh, can repel them with, with the uh, Star of David. Muslim people, no problem. Wiccans uh, have no problem repelling them, you know. So what does this say? Does this say like, oh, they're, you know, what, it, what is it about this? The only thing I can think of is that it's about, it's somehow about belief. Mm -hmm. It's, and it doesn't seem to matter what you believe in, um, but there is a belief element. And it might even be that whatever they are, whatever other thing they are, they're not allowed to confirm one way or another, you know, is there a right religion? Maybe all religions are right. I don't know that answer, but maybe they're not allowed to confirm in any way, like what, what is right. If they know, you know what I mean? If they yeah. have some, some knowledge or maybe it's purely about belief, maybe everything in a sense is right. Maybe it's, it's about having some sort of belief, but uh, yeah, that that is an aspect that, I've, you know, I, you know, kind of found works for me in dealing with them, which is completely bizarre. That's so well. So this is why you can't believe aliens are extraterrestrials, because they wouldn't follow the laws of our religion. Right. I mean, right. they right. they wouldn't give a crap who we're praying to. But I kind of like I'm in the camp and more and more. I believe this. I think it's the the confidence and the willpower and the energy that we have. It so absolutely like, could be. Yeah. I think the fact that they come to you in your dreams or when you're sleeping, you're already in a, a like kind of a weakened state of mind, right? You're not fully with it. So you're already, your defenses are down a little bit. But once you start praying, like, I feel like even though I'm not like a practicing Catholic or anything, if I, I've had experiences like this and I have prayed to get out of it, I've told you about it and you feel more powerful. Like for mm -hmm. me, at least I feel in control again. So like when yeah. I'm not in control, that's when the scariest things are happening. Yeah. Yeah. It, it, it might be that, you know, um, I try not to get like, I it know. sounds weird. I try not to get overly <laughs> religious cagey. about it, you know, <laughs> you don't like to, yeah. because I, I don't want somebody to think like, oh, you know, this guy's trying to convert. I'm not, I'm just no. saying like, like this no. is, this work for me. So the, the two most recent ones, I had some other like odd things. I had a really, really and this was a dream, but a, what I would call a big dream, like a, you know, a very important, meaningful dream um, where we were doing some research on the old airships, the, the UFOs people were seeing in the 1800s for the podcast. And there was this one character that uh, in one of the, the articles, his name was August de Falmouth, And uh, he just he was one of the uh, UFO knots or the, the airship pilots or whatever you wanted to call them, you know, stepped out of one of these things and talked to people, introduced himself as August de Falmouth. And I was like, Oh, what a cool name. I, you know, I wish I would have, you know, wrote my books under that name and started the podcast under that name yeah. instead of my own. It's like such a great name. I thought, yeah, one day I'm going to change my name to August de Falmouth, you know, <laughs> make it a big deal of it on the podcast. Then I had a dream. I met him. And, <gasps> That's so cool. Yeah. It was really, really neat. Like very detailed dream. He was a, uh, he was in a old timey funeral uh, procession, like a horse drawn hearses and stuff that were coming right by my house. And I went out and, and ended up getting into one of these like circus caravans. And there was a, uh, he was talking to me somewhere. I wrote down exactly what he said to me in the dream, but there was a, like a ritual coffin. I don't know if you've ever seen him. They like the odd fellows had him and stuff for mm -hmm. like, there, he had a ritual coffin with a silver, uh, board on top of it that was like in between us and and he, he just it was such a cool dream but I was like wow that's like it's just a heavy dream like in a really cool way but um, the most recent two like sort of gray encounters I had were a lot lighter in tone um, they weren't as disturbing and one was uh, a few few winters ago I think maybe right before the pandemic started. It was in December and I was just going through a hard time personally at the time. And I had fallen asleep in uh, this little room 
we have it's like a combination tv room library den hangout room and i i just fallen asleep in there and the one of the hallmarks of these things that every time except the desert time thing they all happen in place they all happen to me like so i'm even the where i met august of falmouth i woke up in in place i woke up where i fell asleep and i went outside and you know then then met him in this uh like i said this old-timey funeral caravan or whatever but um this is you know i, I so i i wake up in the same room i had fallen asleep in and there's a bunch of grays in this little room like like more than should comfortably fit in there i'm like what is going on and there they were this is so bizarre and so weird they were dressed in all i don't know if you've ever been to like a native american powwow but they had like like the uh, ritual dance gear on like like native americans would wear <laughs> except it was all 80s glam metal day glow colors so like <laughs> bright green and bright oh you know neon God. purple and you know nothing was natural the feathers were like you know, <laughs> neon colored feathers and and all this stuff and i'm looking i'm like what is this and then they started dancing they started dancing in a circle really in a almost goofy way like this totally goofy way where it was almost funny and i i was just like what is like like what is going on kind of nervous but almost almost laughing at him because i was like they were, yeah. they, they were like it's so ridiculous and then they weren't there i'm not going to say i woke up because i was sitting up and they weren't there they're they're not oh. there anymore and there was a moth in the room that flew down and landed in my hair right beside my right ear and fluttered its wings now if you look at ufo encounters and and uh, fairy encounters a lot, even going back to the old folklore, people will talk about hearing a buzzing sound uh, during and after the events. Mm -hmm. So I got this buzzing sound, but it was from the moth. It had a very sort of natural source. This moth is buzzing in my ear. So I'm getting a buzzing sound with this event from this moth that landed in my hair, but it's December. There shouldn't be any moths. Yeah, Moths should be done. And it was big. It was like a two inch long moth. I'm a, I'm a fan of moths. I've used to um i don't i wish I, I should get back to it but when we lived in our old house we've got bats in in, in the house we live in now so i'd be a little more cautious about setting up black lights and calling moths sure. to me with yeah. that. but i used to uh, set up a black light in the backyard and actually like document the different moths that came oh you know this is this kind of moth see if i could awesome. identify my books and stuff i love moths so it was a really cool thing to me I'm like oh a moth and it flew away eventually it flew out of my hair and i never found it i don't know what became of that moth i, I looked all over for it the, the next wow. day like i don't know so one day i will find the, the corpse of a moth or where <laughs> yeah. i won't and I, you'll know yeah but that so that and i thought after that happened i was like okay i'm sort of like saying to the grays i'm like all right if you're going to give me that i'll take it like you <laughs> yeah. I think that's what they were doing. They're like, uh, we need to win this guy back over. <laughs> they got a new PR at Gray on the team. That's like, what have you guys been doing? He yeah, hates you. Yeah. You're yeah. creeping this guy out. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Make things a little lighter. He's like, but, I had the perfect idea. Dayglo. <laughs> <laughs> the, uh, the last thing wasn't necessarily an encounter with them. It was last year. I had gone to a, 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 a cryptid conference in West Virginia. It's in Morgantown, West Virginia. And we had rented an Airbnb. It was back in this like hollow outside of town. So we're like in this like rural area. And I went with my my buddy, my research partner, Chad. He's here on Strange Familiars a lot. When we do um, on-site episodes, we'll go out to places a lot and, you know, haunted places or go out looking for Bigfoot, whatever. Yeah. And we actually record and make episodes while we do it. And he's often with me on those. So he was with me and we get to this Airbnb and there's, you know, it's backed right up against these woods. And I immediately made a joke. I was like, well, Bigfoot's going to come out and knock on the house tonight. Like that's going to happen. <laughs> we go out and we, you know, uh, go to the conference and come back. And now my wife sleeps with the light on. And the reason she does so is she has seen things. Now she's a skeptic, but she's seen things she, since she was little. And 
uh, the the last time I got her to sleep with the light off, she was she woke up and saw at our feet what what we talk about on Strange Familiars a lot. The guy we call Flannel Man. It's not one guy. People are seeing different guys, but they people dressed like lumberjacks that just kind of show up right. at either weird places or or uh, in you know people's houses. Often when when people wake up, you know it'll be there and she had seen that and that was the last time she's like nope lights on from now on so she sleeps with, <laughs> with the lights on so i'm used to sleeping with the lights on but you know here i'm at this conference i'm like oh i can sleep with the lights out tonight i, I actually literally think like this will be like a novelty kind of thing you know mm-hmm. so go to bed and i have a dream where and i don't know how i knew it was the grays texting me this is whatever but i knew it was them so I'm getting texts on my phone. Now you're not supposed to read, be able to read in dreams. Now, I could read fine. I could read these texts. Yeah. And they were coming up and, and they look funny on my phone. Like, you know, normal texts come up in a blue bubble or whatever it is. This was, they were like red framed in gold with, with text, you know, so like weird, really like different. <laughs> yeah. And they were, they kept popping on. There's a whole series of them. And I only remember the last, the last text. I'm reading them as they come in. The last text said, when you sleep with the light on, you are only avoiding confrontation with us. I woke up right after that, got up to use the bathroom. As I'm sitting up in bed, to, to right on the side of the house, right above my head. Boom. <laughs> Just no. something, hit, something hit the wall. And I don't know what time in the morning it was. I wish I would have looked at my clock on my phone, but you know, I didn't. Uh, I just... And I just thought, you know what? I am not dealing with this now. <laughs> I like Bigfoot can bang away on the outside of the house if he wants. Did you I, flip the lights on? No, no, I flipped the rest <laughs> no? of the yeah. Oh my gosh. I, I went and used the bathroom and just w- went back to sleep and thought, wow. like, whatever happens, happens. But uh, <laughs> that was that. But but yeah, that that thud on the side of the house, you gotta be kidding me. Like, you gotta be kidding me. It's like but, they're working uh, together. Yeah, sure. Yeah, it's all one thing. I mean, <laughs> I, I half the time I think it's all it's like skins on a video game, you know, and sometimes right. they'll skin it as a gray alien and the next time they'll skin it as Bigfoot, you know, and the next time they'll skin it as whatever. Um, but yeah, it, so that was not really scary. It was more just like I didn't want to deal with it. I was like, I'm not going out to, you know, I'm tired. Yeah. I'm not going out to look for Bigfoot right now. This, <laughs> is, this is going to have to stand as, a, as an event on its own. And I just went back to sleep. But uh, yeah, that one was more curious than, than frightening. But yeah, in general, I don't have a like a super good history with them. And I think that's why most of my time in dealing with the paranormal is spent on other stuff on, on not, yeah. not grays, you know, it's spent with Bigfoot and, and other things. They're kind of like a bad ex, the way they just keep popping back <laughs> into your life and trying different ways to get you back. But do yeah. you sleep with the lights on? What's now? that? You don't sleep with the lights on still? You're no, no, like... no. My wife requires lights on. So, so. <laughs> I do too. My boyfriend makes fun of me and he's, he's just like, I don't get it. And I'm, I'm like, just do it. Like, do it for me. You know, we watch yeah, the no, Simpsons. Yeah, it was a one-time novelty. and uh, It's because there's creepy stuff in the corners when it's nighttime. Everything looks scarier if you wake yeah, up. Yeah, I mean, my wife had a you know, whole bunch of experiences in her childhood bedroom. She still doesn't like that bedroom. Really? You know, which and is she's where, skeptical, right? You, yeah, she's pretty, yeah, she's pretty skeptical. Huh. Um, but, uh, you know, less so after being a part of Strange Familiars for sure. a, a long time. I think, <laughs> I think when we started, she was like, ah, you're all crazy. But, uh, <laughs> you know, now she's like more like, well, yeah, something's happening. But, you know, mm-hmm. she's she's probably not going to weigh in on exactly what it is. And, you know, I think probably of everything I just described to you, if you asked her, I'm guessing she'd say like that was, you know, you were dreaming. You know what Dreams, I mean? Dreams, yeah. You know, um, still, it's uh, she's she's come a long way as far as her like I, I consider I call it like a um an honest skeptic right so right. she'll she'll hear these stories like she'll do some of these events with me and stuff and people come up and tell me stories and she'll hear them tell the stories and she'll say something like oh well, I, I don't know what he saw but he definitely saw something it's like okay right. that's that's all I can ask for you know like she's, yeah. this person was obviously deeply affected by whatever they saw whatever they saw wasn't normal you know so that's uh 
I'll take that. You know, I, I take that level of skepticism. Absolutely. I think like the bigger question I've, I've started to get or have from this podcast, it's not even more like, does this stuff exist? It's like, what does this stuff want? Like, why is, why are you being tormented? <laughs> like, are you an experiment to them? Are they attached to you in some way? You know what I, I mean? Yeah. Like, what? And, and does I've that had, make you unsettled? I'm sorry. It's another one of those. No, questions. no, no, no. I, I, cause like, I've, you know, I, I, people have reached out to me and yeah. said things like, Oh, this is a, you know, a shamanic experience and you, you just have to go through it. You just have yeah. to kind of, kind of submit to it. And I kind of, why? Like, like I'm I, like, why? Why, why do I just submit sure. to them? You know, like seriously, yeah. like that's that's where my they head goes. They picked the wrong sibling, I think. <laughs> yeah, like, like why? They're stubborn. Why? Can't, why what, what do they have? Like, show me what you got first, yeah. and then we'll, then we'll talk about submission. Sure. I don't know anything about you guys, you know. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. So I, I'm resistant to that, but I've always been resistant to that kind of stuff. I've always been like, you know. Uh, I learned, I was involved in a, a group in, in the eighties. They're called the Illuminates of Thanatarists, a whole, like a cult chaos thing. And I, it, it was an interesting time in my life. And, and a lot of that stuff is, you know, whatever, but Did you do one... chaos magic for a while. Is that yeah. what I'm hearing? Yeah. In the eighties. Yeah. Whoa. Yeah. I love that in the eighties, some people did Coke and you were just doing chaos <laughs> magic. <laughs> That's awesome. Okay. Uh, <laughs> A wild yeah, time for you, for sure. <laughs> but they, um, they had this this point. They said basically the, the, they were sort of against gathering groups. They were like, "Nah, it's not what this is about. You shouldn't do yeah. that." But they was like, "But we know people are going to do that anyway. So if you're going to do that, we we say that you should appoint one person, no matter what. They are to question every decision the group makes at all times. That's awesome. And, yeah, and it is the most valuable thing I've I took from from that part of my life. And it's something I continue with today. And I found it's super valuable because no one should be upset by you asking questions. And if they are, it's probably time to ask more questions. And that's something I've taken with me forever because, you know, there's one answer to a question. If you ask, no matter if you, you know, ask it, if someone knows the answer, you can ask that question once or, or 50 times, the answer should be the same. And when people start getting uncomfortable, uh, it's like, yeah, something else, something's going on here. And, and I've, I've kind of taken that sort of defiant, like question everything idea with me. And I find it very valuable. And, and that's my feeling on these grays too. It's like, well, why, why don't I submit to you? Like, you know, why show me, show me first, tell me, explain to me, you know, right. let, meet me as an equal, like, don't make me submit, meet me as an equal and let's talk about it. But uh, they don't seem to be to want into that. to do that. Yeah. yeah. And why not is the question, right. the defiant, what are you doing that I can't be a part of it? Yeah, exactly. That I can't know. Like, yeah. Explain the process to me. Oh, man. Maybe one day they will. Maybe tonight. Sorry. Never mind. And take it back. Not tonight. Tonight's a bad night for Tim. He's busy. Yeah. <laughs> Man, dreams are so I okay. We should wrap it up. I feel like I could talk, I could listen to these stories. Yeah, I mean, I didn't even get like when you say my favorite <laughs> my favorite story probably has to do with a series of of uh skulls that I kept finding yeah. in very interesting places. But we, we can get to that some other time okay yeah i, I feel like we started out with ufos and i wanted to follow that pull that thread as, that was as far great. As yeah yeah that was awesome oh my gosh i would love to have you back whenever you have free time just let me sure. know yeah, you're more just, than yeah. welcome absolutely um because he's oh, so interesting um but for now we'll leave it there <laughs> i hope the aliens don't visit you tonight and um i'm sure my listeners are going to want to find you so where can people listen to your stuff so the best place to contact me and you can find the podcast there and links to my books and everything else is strangefamiliars.com. So that's, you can find links there. And of course, strange familiars is, you know, wherever you listen to podcasts, whatever podcatcher you use, et cetera. And my books are on Amazon, et cetera, but you know, links to everything. The easiest place is just go to strangefamiliars.com and all those, all that contact information goes to me. So. Awesome. Especially if you want to do his credits, because it's probably <laughs> the best up-to-date place <laughs> to not mess it up. Uh, 
Awesome. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Everybody listen to Strange Familiars. Uh, I'm actually going to be on an episode eventually. Spoilers. Yes. Yeah. It's um, funny because we, I, the discussion became, you know, as much me telling my stories as you telling yours, I think. Oh, so. it was awesome. Yeah. We'll, we'll see how, how much that gets edited down. I might edit, <laughs> might edit a lot of me out of that. <laughs> okay. Yeah. I mean, at least if anyone from my podcast listens, it'll all be new. So that'll be awesome. Well, thank you for having me on. Yeah. Thanks for being a guest. This has been a presentation from the Wasted Robot Network. For more information, and links to other shows please visit www.wastedrobotrecords.com slash podcasts.